Hey, this is Julia, and welcome back to Aquarian Times. Today is April 7th, 2021, and this is episode 32. Today, I am sharing a conversation I had with Lisa Barnett, and Lisa Barnett is um, an Akashic Records teacher and specialist and translator and channel. Um, she's been working with Akashic Records for several decades, and um, she holds a lot of wisdom in of these realms. And, and again, if you don't know what the Akashic Records are, um, you're not alone, but that's what you can learn about in the episode today. So she, which, you know, we're breaking down different aspects of how to, um, what you can access when accessing the records, what they are. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting and, um, special conversation to, to be talking with somebody who really has dedicated their life to, uh, working with these, with these realms. And I hope that you learn something new and, um, keep your mind open and, uh, you know, get some healing from this conversation. So yeah, to, to get in touch with Lisa, to learn more, more about her, I'm check the show notes. She has a, uh, website. It's called Akashic Knowing. It's her business where she teaches about the records and how to access them. And that'll all be in the show notes if you want to, if you want to check her out. So again, uh, please reach out to me at juliaburnbaum.com if you want to uh, comment or, you know, find out more about how, um, you know, how to get in touch, uh, just get in touch with me that way. Um, again, this conversation is, directed towards my project, 21 Hidden Root Causes of Disease. It's a book I am writing right now, um, especially this month. It's a big month this April for, for the writing process and um, pretty all-consuming. So yeah, the more information will be uh, out about that, about how to get the book and all that stuff. It's going to be publishing this December 2021. That's the idea. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. And I'm. this is, again, uh, integral to my project, and uh, I'm sure you'll learn something new. So here we go into our conversation right now. Okay, so, so hi, Lisa. Um, so today I'm interviewing Lisa Barnett for my podcast, Aquarian Times. And um, she is a an Akashic Records specialist and teacher, and I, I'm just going to have her go ahead and introduce herself. Um, I think she'd be best at doing that. <laughs> of course, and, and I can pull up my bio. <laughs> sure, sure, whatever you want to share. I'm reading. No, so um, I am also the author of the infinite wisdom of the Akashic Records, which is a how to access your Akashic Records book. So if people are interested in actually learning to read their own records, you could find that, the infinite wisdom of the Akashic Records. And my other book is called From Questioning to Knowing with 73 Healing Prayers to Transform Your Life. And it's a great kind of beginning place because so many people really don't know that much about not only the Akashic records in general, but really, you know, what's in them? Why do we care? Um, how can they help me? 
all of that kind of information. So that's actually why I wrote From Questioning to Knowing, or why the Akashic uh, Record Keepers asked me to write that book. Um, <laughs> so it gives you really more information about how we function in the world, which we can delve a lot more deeply into, but talking about why do we pick these crazy families or, you know, what is karma anyway? So um, lots of fascinating information in From Questioning to Knowing, 73 Healing Prayers to Transform Your Life. And I've been working in this field um, a lot of my adult life. I always say that um, I was born awake. So when I was about three years old, I realized that I was trapped in a body. <laughs> and I was not very happy about it. I told my mother I wanted to go back. You know, like, really? I What What am I doing here again? So um, so it's been a, a, a life process, which I know it is for all of us. But mine's been pretty conscious because I started studying um, esoteric information when I was just about 14, you know, I was in high school and, right. and I was lucky to be living in California and it was the late sixties, early seventies and lots of interesting esoteric information was coming out. So, um, that's a lot of how I have spent uh, my life is studying. I minored in philosophy until I finally came to a point where I was accessing this kind of big expansive wisdom um and it took me a while to figure out what that information was because it wasn't common back in the you know back in the 70s 80s 90s 2000 boy until recently people would kind of mm -hmm. you know kind of go oh gosh what you know <laughs> yeah totally so yeah it's finally just um in the last few years becoming a little bit more um, known about, I, 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 I go mainstream, but I know it's certainly not that yet. Right, <laughs> so. right. I hear you. I hear you um, as well because I, you know, grew up, we just discussed that we're from the same area. I'm, you know, I grew up in New Age culture too. And so, you know, it was normal to me, <clears throat> a lot of this stuff, and I have seen it become way more common. Um, like you say, not quite mainstream, but like people you wouldn't have guessed or would normally be encountering it are now and but I kind of want to rewind a little bit and have you really um define the Akashic Records because I know that people are still not very familiar some people a lot of people aren't very familiar with it sure. still right absolutely so my um my my simple definition of the Akashic Records are the recording of your soul's journey throughout time and so what happens is when we individuate from source we everything we do everything you know every place we go everything we do is recorded in this etheric energy which is just part of the quantum field, part of source energy, the unified field, however we like to think about that. Everything we are and do is recorded in this arm, this information arm of source. Mm -hmm. And they call it the Akasha or the Akashic field. Um, and so it's interesting. Um, there's some scientists who are one in particular, Dr. Irvin Laszlo, 
who has written quite a bit about science and the Akashic field. Mm -hmm. And so he really refers to it as this part of the, you know, quantum field. And so it's mm -hmm. ever growing, it's ever expanding. It is holding all of the information of each and every one of us. So it's important to know that each person has their very own Akashic record, or I often like to look at it like a library. I think we can kind of, well, I can wrap my brain around the image of a library. You could also look at it like a hard drive in your computer that where everything is stored forever, or maybe it's the cloud because then it's really stored there forever, right? Um, and, and we actually have librarians or um, beings of light, I call them the Akashic record keepers, um, and they are there helping us, supporting us uh, to find the information that we're looking for, actually. So you, so if you went into a library and you asked the librarian, can you show me where all my past lives are, where I was a healer, and they p pointed you to the, you know, um, Julia's healing lives section, <laughs> right? Wow. It's very useful, these librarians. And so they're here mm -hmm. to support us. And each person has their own library and their very own librarians. Wow, that's that's a really cool way to put it. Um, and, you know, I just like to I like to really bridge the gap because <laughs> I know I mean, I'm curious what I haven't read. Is it Irvin Laszlo? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've Irvin. seen that. I've seen that book and I haven't read it. But like, again, for sort of the layperson, how how is it measure just for people who need that kind of empirical, um, you know, reference um how how can it be measured that we access the akasha do you have any you, okay oh boy yeah. i don't know that i have any answers for you there yeah science is not my strong suit so even when i read his original book science in the akashic field um pretty much my eyes glazed over because it was very <laughs> scientific it's right. kind of like quantum physics right it's mm. not something i can particularly explain but what they are finding is that they are starting to be able to uh, prove is kind of a weird word for it, but really to define what this quantum field is and these fields of energy and how we react with them and how they store information. And yeah. so, yeah, I would definitely read Irvin's books. I mean, he's got a couple on, on um, the Akashic records. And, and like I say, they're very much more you know, scientific, not like my book, which is the how to access the records, right, right. <laughs> you know. Okay, okay. Yeah. But if you like that scientific aspect, I'm working on it. I'm reading his newest book because I think it might be more accessible. Mm. Yeah. Again, I, again, like I mentioned, you know, having been grown up with um, sort of spirituality, I, I'm just aware that it's it hasn't been everybody's experience so I, I love to bring the that um those people into the conversation you know by maybe translating it into their language you know so they can be included in this amazing um you know reality that that we have available absolutely yes and yeah. honestly this is i'm kind of the funny thing is is i'm i'm writing a book really about kind of 
healing through the quantum field because what we realize is that this energy of the all that we're calling the quantum field is no time space and so because i can go into this akashic realm that i call the akash that the i can access my library or a client's library or you know a student's library if they ask and go back outside of time and space to heal emotional um trauma emotional pain things that are blocking them from mm-hmm. moving forward in this life right. and so to me the proof is that their lives transform or that their lives can change and that they feel let's say different mm-hmm. right. <laughs> after we do energy healing through this akashic quantum field and so so let me give you an example that's great yeah yeah so um well oh boy let me just think of one okay um so i had a client who was um a, a fascinating woman because she was a doctor she was is a an md she was a little bit more i think of a general practitioner and she really wanted to bridge nutrition and um uh uh medicine and help people to live healthier lives right instead of just trying to pop a pill to heal your whatever right. your your challenges your mm-hmm. physical your health challenges but she really wanted to start a podcast she wanted to do big events she wanted to speak from the stage and she came to me because with all of her background as a doctor and all of the information she had she was terrified of stepping out on a stage mm-hmm. now you know of course we can say things like yes yeah, stage fright is pretty common you know i've experienced that definitely but she came to me and she wanted a reading and i asked her record keepers her her own specific librarians um beings of light that only keep the records they're not angels they're not people who have died that we know they're not um ascended masters or anything else these beings are really specific to the akashic field mm-hmm. so what they said was she had died four times for speaking her truth right. for right mm-hmm. being out there in public and having a real opinion oh, <laughs> about whatever it was it didn't matter as much for her it was just getting killed for being out there in the public and speaking her truth which was not the norm mm-hmm. um and of course she had at least one life where she had been killed as a doctor um and called a witch and you know been killed for that and so i cleared all of that traumatic emotional pain and physical pain getting let me say getting burned at the stake or even beheaded or hung all of it is you know nasty energy right sure so i went through her akashic record into that those lifetimes right because we're traveling outside of time and space i can go back into these past lives i see the image i can heal that emotional pain physical pain trauma spiritual pain which is another biggie that we have and um shift that lifetime because it is happening now so i can 
change the trajectory of that life so that death didn't happen say hmm. and we release that pain that trauma and so the next day she was feeling so great so positive so energized that she called up the person who she had talked to months earlier about starting a podcast and said let's do it she was ready i had she just had, <laughs> The fear was gone. Wow. That's that's yep. amazing and um, very encouraging, uh, especially if that's a dream of hers and she was stopped, you know, right. from, from pursuing it. Yeah. So it's phenomenal because, you know, to me, the, the proof and, you know, I think, um, you know, it's interesting because all happened with science in the you know, not distant future in the last whatever um, 50 or 100 years, let's say, we went from um, seeing science as kind of repeatable stories, repeatable exercises or processes to it has to be so perfect that we can, you know, call it science, that you, that it has to happen every single time and there's no fail. And, and we added such a level of kind of energy and belief to it yeah. that, um, that I think science became, a lot of things became pretty hard to prove in that sort of way. And um, I think that this is one of the interesting things that they're that they're talking about with um, quantum physics was doing that in a way also. And now it seems to be swinging back around as we start to realize that um, a lot of science is is antidote. Anecdotal. Anecdotal, but there, you know, there are things that happen kind of again and again, but sometimes it's this way and sometimes it's that way. And this is what they're noticing with the quantum field. So just as in healing, Mm -hmm. we don't always get the exact outcome we might expect, Mm. but (laughs) we usually get an outcome. Right, right. Right, because we're unique. (laughs) We're not science experiments. We're not all A, B, C, and so we get D. We're, you know, A, F, T, and so we get, you know, M, right? We're not, uh, we're, we're not a normal, (laughs) we're not a normal equation. So, um. That's the truth, yeah. It's. Yeah, and we're so unique. And again, this is one of the things the Akashic Record Keepers often will say. Each and every person is more unique than you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing that I discovered through the, the studies I've done in the Akasha um, and just learning about soul families and uh, different parts of this, you know, uh, soul groups and different uh, star systems and how different they are and how vastly different, um, you know, uh, these origins, origin stories <laughs> that we got different kinds of, um, energies and different, different planetary systems and, and just how different they are, you know? Um, but, you know, I wanted to kind of bring this around to talk a little bit about soul contracts. Um, cause that's the topic that I have in my, in my project, um, which is 21 hidden root causes of dis-ease. And I talk about how soul contracts and beliefs can keep us sick. And um, and it, so I wanted to 
go into the Akasha to talk about that because that's where we find our soul contracts. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So can you talk about, can you kind of explain what, what soul contracts are for people? And mm-hmm. um, yeah, just. Absolutely. Sure. So, um, uh, so I'm even going to go a step um, further back, which is the fact that the record keepers say that before each one of us come to earth each and every time, we actually write a soul plan. So not only do you have contracts, you have a whole big plan. And the plan includes soul contracts, gifts or talents you want to bring to earth, um, lessons you want to learn, which we often call karma. Mm -hmm. Right? All of these um, experiences we want to have. And we make this whole plan because we come here to learn and grow as a soul we come here to be loved to support other people again to learn and grow which is where karma comes in or which is so let me go back and talk about karma a little bit also because what happens is that say you're coming back to earth and you say you know i have had a big issue around uh, say jealousy and forgiveness for many, many, many different lifetimes that I've had on earth. And so I have gone through all sorts of, you know, challenging relationships where people have been unfaithful to me or I've been unfaithful to them. So I've tried both sides of that karmic pattern, that coin of, of unfaithfulness, of jealousy. Um, I've tried to learn and grow, but I still get jealous. I get insecure, right? Um, and so I'm going to try, you know, like I'm going to come back with the same person I've had a couple of lives with. They're part of my original soul family. We're we're trying to figure this all out together. So we're going to come back and we're going to say, um, get married. So I'm going to have a soul contract with this person to be my spouse, to be my life partner. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have this kind of karmic pattern attached to that contract, which means we're going to have someone's going to be um, unfaithful and we're going to see if we can actually work it out and come out the other side still together or, you know, not angry, not jealous, you know, (laughs) not getting divorced, whatever. And so we, write these plans and then there we are having a um a relationship maybe we're in a marriage or just a significant partnership maybe we've been together for whatever four years or 14 years it doesn't matter and one person slips up or one person is feeling unloved unseen uncared for and they find somebody else they have an affair And then it comes to the, do we get divorced or do we work this out? And some of these really are things that we want to learn about. Is it in our highest and best interest to work this out? Or is the soul contract complete? Is it possible to work it out and finish it, complete it, complete the karmic pattern and move on? Or... Are we in not in that mindset or frame of mind where we could 
do the forgiveness work that we need to do. Right. Um, yeah. And what, I mean, what would prevent that work from, again, getting, if you're, if you're come back to complete that and you kind of, you can't get it to get together in a, in a sense to do that work, to complete, um, I'm curious what what is happening there. Like, why would that why would that oh, contract not be sure. you know cleared? Right. Well, because we're not conscious, right? Right. So here okay. we write this very complicated soul plan, mm. and then we come to Earth and we have total amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> right? right. So here we are, and we have egos that sometimes are bigger or smaller, depending on our life experience or maybe what we're working on. Or sometimes it has to do with also our um, our family. It has to, you know, it's all pretty complicated. But even if you're pretty awake, say you're pretty conscious and you're like, I can forgive you. I, I, can, I can do this work. I get it. I'm I want to do this forgiveness work. I'm, I love you. You know, I think we can work through this. Maybe the other person is totally unconscious and they were like, nope, I've fallen in love with somebody else. I'm off. I'm going away. Right. Right. So it comes to a soul contract and both people have to play. Mm -hmm. Both people have to hold up their end of the contract. Mm -hmm. And if one person does not, then, you know, the contract actually becomes null and void. Mm -hmm. Which means, so the good news for you would be, say, you said, I can do this. I can forgive you. I'm okay with it. And they go, no, forget it. You, you know, you're a lousy whatever partner and, and I found somebody better and I'm in love with them and I'm going away. And you're like, you do your forgiveness work. Okay, I forgive you. I, I, I get it, right? Whatever. I can work through this. Okay, goodbye. It's a am, amicable, basically, at least from your side. You're done with the contract. You did it. You worked it through. The other person, mm -hmm. not so much, right? So they're going to go out there because they didn't have compassion or forgiveness or the, the bigger view. They, um, they stayed more in a smaller picture of the world or their hurt or their you didn't love me enough or their ego, right? And so in the end, when they walk away, they still have not completed that karmic pattern for themselves. So they might, re they'll probably repeat it with the next yep. person. Yep. And yeah. it might not be the next person. It might be the next life or, mm -hmm. you know, or another type of relationship. It can happen in different types of relationships, although that one's a little specific to, you know, to, to couples in a sense. Um, but yeah, so we, yes, we do have to finish it. And this is why people live hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives here on earth. Right. Because it takes us a really long time to get it. Hmm. <laughs> and really, to complete all of these um, patterns. Sure, sure. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because yeah. until you even wake up to... The fact that there are patterns, right? I mean, until then, you're completely unconscious. Right. And, um, right, it, it's quite a journey. <laughs> right, right, because there we are living in 
fear, right? Ego, we're living in, I'm not good enough. You make me feel not good enough because, you know, because you don't treat me however it is I want you to treat me, even though I don't tell you how I want you to treat me, right? <laughs> and, right. and so we get stuck again and again. And then life is also hard, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes we have many, many, many lives that are really based on survival because we have to figure out how to survive before we can even worry about fidelity or happy, yeah. right? We have to survive first. And we have thousands, you know, thousands and thousands of years where that was not the easiest thing to do either. Sure. And even, you know, even now, I mean, definitely. Yeah. It depends. A lot on... of the world is still in that place. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the other part of that question for me was about beliefs. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I'm curious how there are different things, right? Uh, soul contracts and beliefs, but a belief could be a bit of a contract. I mean, if you have a, if you have beliefs that hold you back from your healing, um, that, that would be found in the Akashic records as well. Correct. Right. Sure. So, um, Beliefs are, you know, of course, they're, you know, a mental pattern, but we have so many conscious, of course, and unconscious, which are the challenge, beliefs. So if you believe mm -hmm. that money is bad or evil because you mm -hmm. had... Um, Say in your ancestral lineage, you know, your grandparents um, grew up believing that, that they were taught and trained in, say, their religion and, and all of their upbringing was about how bad money is. Only people who are bad people have money. Only people get money, you know, and some of it has to do with the day and age that we're, um, the country, the, it has a lot to do with our circumstances often um, but say those grandparents have that those beliefs and they pass it on not only um, consciously but unconsciously to their children who pass it on to their children and so we're creating these unconscious beliefs in our family lineage or an ancestral lineage and so that's why it can be very, very important to go back and do ancestral lineage healing, which we can, of course, also do in the Akashic Records because there is no time and space. And we can literally go back and go, oh, okay, so I can see where these unconscious beliefs stem from mm -hmm. and how they say, my grandparents passed it on to my whatever parents and that parent through their actions, through things they said, through different energy, right, um, made me realize that money isn't good, that that's a bad, dirty thing, right? Mm -hmm. So somehow I've ended up believing that, like, money's dirty or, or it's bad or it's evil or, you know, however we translate it. But a lot of it's come down through much more subtle and unconscious beliefs and energies and ways that people say things or talk about them or the way they might have 
um, told you like, no, you don't deserve that, or that's a bad thing, or that's a waste of money, money's too valuable, right? So we say these things and, and um, do so many different things that, that express, say, our belief that money is bad somehow um, to our children and to the people around us. And then all of a sudden, our children have money issues. They can't get a job that where they make money or they they are feeling stuck because they want to be a healer but they won't ask to be paid for their healing work because they think that's wrong mm -hmm. and so you know a lot of that goes back into past life vows of poverty that we've taken i won't take um, money for my spiritual gifts and so the fascinating thing about the akashic records is that we can see or learn about so many of the um, the thoughts, the karmic patterns, the beliefs, the contracts, the vows that we've made in other lifetimes and how some of that has been passed down, um, how we brought it, the memory energetically from one lifetime to another as a soul, and also how some of this gets passed down from our our ancestral lineage or um you know karma patterns that we want to learn about and so it's tremendously complicated and also kind of simple when you can see it or read it or you know get that information for yourself sure yeah i i, I always think about it i always think about this country that um in the united states that we're considered the melting pot and you know, I mean, a lot of people have lost connection, not only well to their to their lineage, you know, um, but then, of course, I mean, so many of us have lost connection to our the fact that we even have a soul. Um, and obviously, that's not agreed upon <laughs> universally right. that of the <laughs> idea of the soul or people have to have it explained, um, explained to them because it's not common to understand that. You know, right. Well, and because, you know, because our world has had um, kind of big doctrines, you know, uh, religions that have been forced upon a whole country mm -hmm. and all other religions or spiritual beliefs that have been right. wiped out or gone underground because it wasn't safe yeah. to talk about that or say anything about that which is again what we find as we step more fully into being spiritual beings having a human experience that we realize I've died for those beliefs also I've stayed hidden say as a druid or some kind of pagan um, spiritual belief where I've had to hide so I didn't get myself killed yeah. and you know, one of the things I found really fascinating, and this is a really abstract aside, so, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was, we were in Greece. My husband and I went to Greece. His grandfather is from Greece. And so we wanted to go back and see the island that his grandfather was from. And we traveled around Greece and we went to a place called Meteora. And in Meteora, it is a small, small town up in the north of mainland um, Greece. And they built monasteries on top of these very sheer, um, like pillar-like outcroppings. And so what they had to do was 
someone had to be able to climb up this 10 story, 15 story rock pillar outcropping that's big enough and flat enough at the top that they could build a, a monastery up there. And then they would actually drop down a basket and pull up the other people who couldn't climb. Oh my gosh. And so these spectacular, you have to really go, um, uh, you know, Google search or picture search mm-hmm. Meteora in Greece. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful images. But these were, um, I believe, more Christian monasteries who were being um, run out of other countries where they had different beliefs. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating to see, you know, um, depending on where you live, <laughs> depending on where you were, right? <laughs> that different religions over time, of course, have been um, persecuted. Right. Sure. You know, so, you know, that was one way that they stayed safe because nobody could get up there if you didn't drop them a basket. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? So we've had lifetime after lifetime after mm-hmm. lifetime of hiding, of trying to stay safe, of, 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 um, I think in Turkey there's, um, I forget the name, um, but caves that are down, deep down into the ground. And again, people hid. Often it's about their religion, their spirituality, their belief in whatever God they um, believed in, that they would hide in these caves. And for long periods of time, or on top of mountains, or on these pillar outcroppings, right? So um, it's still not very safe in a lot of places to have a different belief than they have in your country. And so we're really coming. This is part of what you know, we're trying to bring forward and shift and create at this specific time in history is to make it safe for us to expand and to believe what we believe, believe in a variety of different spiritual beliefs and hopefully, possibly even come to a place where we might agree on some type of truth that that might (laughs) maybe not my life but uh, hopefully (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i I, like the whole idea of sovereignty right that a lot of people are talking about um and again i i don't think a lot of people contemporary people are as aware of how much sovereignty we actually have compared to the past, you know, where most people were indoctrinated into systems, belief systems and religions. And, and we do have way more, um, I guess, well, particularly in the West, we have way more freedom than we have any idea that we actually have because we're kind of, that we're used to being indoctrinated it's like in our genes to be indoctrinated so we don't realize that we're free right when we yes yeah right no and it really is you know it's fascinating because just you know moving from a, a place of um of of a religion of being indoctrinated into a religion right in your whole country or whatever that is now we have many mm-hmm. and you know so we are much here in the west certainly free to choose whereas still probably around the world most people are not but 
you know, I really believe that every soul has its own specific journey. And that really is about living out that plan that you made as an ancient, as a infinite and really wise soul so that you can, you know, bring your gifts to the world so that you can learn and grow further as a soul. And so I truly believe that um, we're coming to a point and that's why we're having these types of, of conversations mm-hmm. so that we can come to a point where we can um, hopefully whether we agree to disagree or, you know, whatever that piece is, mm-hmm. but that we can, you know, agree that that we are ancient and, and hopefully one day we can agree that we have many, many, many lives here on Earth and in other places, dimensions, realms, planets, yeah. and that we are infinite souls, that we really never die. And so um, there is no reason to fight over right or wrong because that really isn't something that's real anyway. Sure. Right. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, Well, I'm just trying to think... um, what what else what other uh, yeah we've covered a lot <laughs> it's been a lot of information and um yeah i guess i you know one one little maybe one of the last areas we could go into i'm i am curious about the sticking points you know when the it's sort of when someone isn't able to get conscious and because again it like we've heard so many times it's our birthright to have freedom. It's our birthright to be this and that. And then, but some people clearly don't, don't get there in their lifetime, even contemporarily clearly. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that, um, is there any way to speed up that, um, (laughs) yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's a great question because, Basically, what the Akashic Record Keepers, these beautiful beings of light who are in service to to us and really only only us, that they say um, most of us do live 600, 800 lifetimes here on Earth. And so it's often not until we've had many hundreds, maybe it's three or maybe it's 400, maybe it's 500 lifetimes that we've really moved through the um, survival aspects of life. Mm -hmm. So often the first probably dozen lives are just how do you even function in this thing that we call a body? Yeah. I I don't think it's quite as easy or quite as natural as we often think it is. And so, you know, again, it's complicated because often what the record keepers will say is that we choose to come in and say, um, be taken care of while we're learning to function in a body. So for some people that might look or it might look like all of these, if you're going to, it's going to take you um, six or eight or 12 lives to kind of get fully, you know, functioning in a human body, you might have a very short um, life. 
you may even you may be a you may be a miscarriage right you may be in a body for for six months and then that's good enough i'm done or maybe you um have an illness when you're very young and you don't live for very long you know there's a million different illnesses that we've gotten rid of so many of them that cause you know childhood death but really you when we think about some of the issues and and that's kind of a delicate conversation because if you think that you know if a child dies of a an illness or you know something terrible happens they um they drowned they have sids they just don't wake up they they um have childhood cancer or you know so many different challenges that were faced in our lives or just a, a awful flu or some kind of illness right um that that we as souls make these plans and they go i've got to try this out and we actually write these contracts often with the parent that says the parent says yeah i'll be your mom and i know you're going to die early and i'm going to work on keeping my heart open and helping other parents who maybe lost a, a a child very young and so they're interesting very very deep profound compassionate soul contracts that we're writing to have these kinds of experiences in our life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we look at um many of these uh you know illnesses and I know you you said that you know this is part of of even what you're looking at is is how do our soul contracts have to do sometimes with our health and mm-hmm. sometimes we write the contract to say I'm going to have this illness right and I'm going to learn through my illness and through my death mm. or i'm going to share my light and my compassion and my consciousness about illness and death as i go through this with all the people around me with the medical group with the hospital with the doctors and the nurses i get to be say awake and compassionate and wise as i'm going through this process and i can help um these people that i've contracted with learn and grow as a soul as i'm also learning and growing as a soul mhm so often we think that healing means that the person gets better mm-hmm. but i don't i don't believe that that really is the truth about you know healing healing can be dropping this body and and going on right in, in a non-physical state and the healing can be part of what's going on with the people around you the people who lost you right that's a really that's a really beautiful point to you know i think cuz it's easy to have this picture perfect idea about life like it like things are you know people say everything's going to work out but that doesn't mean it's going to work out the way you thought and it doesn't you know it doesn't mean that again people aren't going to get sick and accidents are going to happen and but it doesn't you know i mean that's where the healing can lie in in those tragedies too somehow absolutely well you know yeah. it does in a way and you know i i talk a little bit about it um 
occasionally because one of the things that actually triggered me to wake back up again. So here I was pretty awake when I was three. And then, of course, you know, I was four or five and six and I forgot again. But one of my very best friends, I had two best friends when I was growing up. And one of them um, had a brain tumor. She was 13 years old. And she wrote me from the hospital and she was, she had had really bad headaches and they went to, you know, do a brain scan and, and try and figure out what was going on. And, um, and, you know, she wrote me about, she was in a children's hospital. This was in Chicago. She was telling me about the beautiful sailboats out on the lake and the adorable little kids who were in the hospital with her. And, you know, at 13, she was Mm. pretty grown up, right? And, um, and that was honestly the last communication I ever had, um, in the human world with her, but she, they, they found that she had a brain tumor and they immediately did surgery and she, um, came out of surgery and was in a coma and it really triggered in me the, um, memory that I was a healer and that I I I should be able to heal her was what I thought, right? And I'm 13 and I'm like, I should be able to heal her and I have no idea how. I don't even know how to pray. I I, I was born with agnostic parents. I didn't even go to church. I didn't even have a basic, you know, like, how do you pray? Mm -hmm. And so um, she died and I felt really massively guilty. Like it was my fault because I couldn't heal her because I really unconsciously believed that Mm -hmm. There was something I should have been able to do. And that really triggered me to to start studying, to start reading all of this esoteric work. And so I really did go and start to study and, and study healing. And I minored in philosophy in college because I knew that I knew so much more than I could remember. Mm. Right. And so um, and then my the other best friend died in a free car accident. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Right. Mm. So then I was not just thinking I should be a healer. Now I'm just angry. Right. So mm. I'm like, okay, forget it. I'm over this whole spiritual thing. I don't care what I came to do. I'm done. Right. <laughs> so I, um, you know, uh, and, and I'm not saying that they died to, um, to teach me these lessons. Um, because what I know from reading my own records is they had their own, their own soul contracts. They had their own re- reason right. to have these experiences and were complicated. Mm-hmm. And we know as a soul that we're infinite. And so um, for me, the combination of, of course, you know, my two best friends and it, it actually, um, kind of went on because there was four all told together um, over my life. But it's part of it was in the end, because I know you're infinite. I know I can love you anyway. I know I can hold that, that space and understand But it took those experiences. And then it took me waking up again to my healing gifts and to the fact that I could access this, big infinite wisdom of the Akashic records um, to, you know, to move me out of, you know, my story of 
the victim that whose friends all die or mm-hmm. you know the fact that I couldn't do anything my guilt about not being able to save them um, and so we're so complicated it really is never kind of a super simple cut and dry story yeah 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 interesting and right because healing healing came through you know in tandem with their death because of you learning how to be a healer and helping all the people that you've helped um yeah it's very 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 uh, complicated right Right, right. So mm. was that part of my contract to be triggered by their death until I could step back into who I am? Was that, you know, I mean, so they're interesting things because even in your soul contract, even as much as I can communicate with the Akash and the record keepers and I can channel books and channel 73 prayers plus, you know, even though I'm still human, I'm still having a human experience. And so I still get in my own way. I'm still right. Right. And I think that's important for people to realize, too, that as long as we're embodied, most of us, there might be maybe a dozen really um, awakened masters walking the planet, but there's not that many of them. Mm -hmm. You know, for most of us, and I and I pray also, you know, that 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 will eventually through the rest of my life or whatever the next 30 whatever years um, that that will uh, change and that the light and the energy and the vibration that is coming to the planet now will allow so many more of us to awaken and I believe that's exactly where we are in the galactic alignment Mm -hmm. of you know this age of Aquarius that we are more aligned to the galactic center than we have been in 26,000 years. Right. And that is helping us to stream this energy and this light. So we have this chance to awaken in a way that we haven't had. And I completely believe that the children that are coming are coming without karma or mostly without karma. Hmm. And not all of them, but many of them are coming to help save us help us save ourselves help us all wake up yeah i hear you totally wow well that's probably a good place for us to <laughs> to wrap to wrap up and um thank you so much for sharing all that i'm sure that gives a little bit of an idea of what what you're what we're talking about when we talk about the akasha and just the vastness of <laughs> what's accessible to us really so, yeah, so thank you, Lisa, for coming on and sharing your experience. My pleasure, absolutely. And, yes, I, and so hopefully that, that view, that people get to understand so much information that you can access, and I really absolutely believe it is our birthright. And so um, that's why I teach through my book, The Infinite Wisdom of the Akashic Records, through online um, workshops that – you know, that it is important for people to understand that they really can access more and more of this information to see, to understand who they truly are as that ancient and wise soul. Yeah, and so how, so how can people get in touch with you if they want to? My website is akashiknowing.com. And so um, hopefully, I don't know if you 
will you put link or should I spell or um, no I can go ahead and put a link absolutely in the show notes so I'll, I'll do that for you and yeah absolutely thanks yeah, yeah. because Akasha you know yeah. Akashic is not the easiest word to spell yeah people may not be familiar so um, yeah I'll, t- I'll definitely link link it up yeah yes and so they can find my upcoming workshops there and i teach online workshops three times a year so um the next one will be in june and then um in i think september so um yep so we've got two coming up still in 2021 okay great thank you julia thank you for having me on and for um letting me share this this infinite wisdom with you and your listeners. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate your time. And I'm going to go ahead and just exit this um, recording. So here we go.